Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And you just can't sleep on the sports in Houston for even a second. Russell Westbrook is out. John Wall is in. There's always something going on. Oh, yeah, there's a complicated draft pick involved in this deal, too, because, of course, that's what the Rockets do. We've got instant reaction. And joining me, as always, is my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and longtime journalist, Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, this was a rumored deal over the last couple of weeks, so not a total shock. What was your initial gut feeling when you heard this deal? Well, yeah, it wasn't a shock to me, Robert, because I'd heard reports of it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it, it was, I guess, the thing that most interested me is that it is a first round. They, they actually got a first round pick for Russell Westbrook. As you said, it's complicated. You almost need, I guess I need to go get a law degree to figure out trades anymore because, it, you know, nothing seems to be simple as far as those go, especially with the Rockets, as you said. Yeah, the first round pick, here's the deal. Because it's the Rockets, it's going to take me about an hour, but it's a protected first round pick, lottery protected in 2023. That's the first that they can get the pick. And then in 2024, it's top 12 protected, 2025, top 10, 2026, top eight. Then it becomes two second rounders if they don't get it by then. I don't know how the lottery is going to work because... Remember, Stephen, and people might forget this, this season we have 10 teams making the playoffs. Now, there's a play-in, so I don't know if 9 and 10 are considered lottery or not because there's going to be an elimination, and I guess there will be a 9 and 10. So are they in the lottery or are they not in the lottery? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing with the the play-in is tournament type of thing is going to come into play. So that's a good point, Robert, because, yeah, we've been used to the the same old lottery I mean, who knows, you know, by 2025 or 26, they they may just dump the lottery for something totally different. I mean, you're talking several years down the road. But, uh, yeah, that that was, the I guess, the part of the deal that kind of raised my eyebrows. It wasn't so much that I was surprised that Westbrook got traded for John Wall as this whole complexity that is the first-round pick. And I apologize. I know there's got to be an NBA junkie listening to me somewhere that might know uh, the the details on on what the new lottery protections are with the the nine and ten getting into the playoffs, but just my initial reaction, Stephen, if John Wall is healthy, let's let's just say he's a better passer, better shooter, has a better IQ, and is better in the clutch than Russell Westbrook. I don't think any of this stuff is arguable. You get a former All Star and a first round pick, even if it's heavily protected. It's about the best you can do with Westbrook's huge contract. His recent injury history, not that Wall doesn't have the injury history, but so does Russ, and he's got the big contract. So does Wall. Um, And you have the limitations that Russ has as a shooter in the NBA in in a league that, you know, just requires you to shoot the ball from outside. And John Wall, not the best shooter in the world either, but, you know, anybody's better than Russell Westbrook. If you're looking at guards in the NBA, does that mean I think John Wall is the better player? Probably not, but would he be more of the type of player you would win a title with if he was the John Wall pre-Achilles injury? Uh, Surprisingly, I would say yes. Can anybody imagine ever winning a title with Russell Westbrook uh, considering what he does in the clutch, Stephen? I mean, really? Really? Yeah, well, and just consistency, I think, is is what John Wall brings. If he can be even close to the John Wall he was. I mean, you talk about somebody that's had bad luck over the last couple of years with the injuries 
Then he, he has, suffers an accident at home that leads to another injury. But I've, I've read where several players have said that uh, recently when they've seen him working out, he's in great shape. He looks really good. Of course, you know, you still have to translate that to game situation. But it does seem that the Rockets are, you know, taking some flyers out on a couple of reclamation projects, if you would. John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, he's, he's coming back off injuries. So, you know, if, if either one or both of these guys can even come back somewhere close to what they were, then I can't find fault with it. Yeah, I, I can't find fault with trading Russell Westbrook for John Wall, at least initially. Yeah, and if you forgot what kind of player John Wall was when he was healthy, and it's been a while, but 19 points per game in his career, uh, 20.7 his last year that he was healthy in Washington with the Wizards. Uh, he's a 32.4% three-point shooter for, for for his career from three, which, you know, I mean, it's not great, but, you know, way better than Russell Westbrook, a 43.3% shooter from the field. Um, he is... A great passer, Stephen. I mean, this is a guy that has, on his career, 9.2 assists per game. And unlike Russell Westbrook, it's it doesn't – it's not I, – I don't think of John Wall as one of those guys that just dribbles, dribbles, dribbles like Russ does, and he's got the ball in his hands all the time. So, of course, he's going to rack up a lot of assists. I, I don't think of him in terms of uh, the Russell Westbrook that you usually see where it's his usage rate is so high. Well, you know how nervous I always got when Russell Westbrook handled the ball. I don't feel quite so nervous when John Wall's handling the ball. Wall handle the ball. That that might be a good line we can use. But, uh, yeah, he certainly brings a better passing game. And, you know, of course, Harden dealing out the assists, Wall dealing out the assists. So the, the Rockets' passing game just got better. That, that That's certainly true. And uh, John Wall, I, as I said, I I just feel like he's a more disciplined shooter than Russell Westbrook. So, there are several things he could bring to the table to the Rockets, provided, you know, as we've said, that he can get back to the health that uh, made him a good player before he got those injuries. And I'll also point out that he upped his game when it came to the playoffs the last two times that the Wizards made the playoffs. He averaged 27 points in 2016, 2017, and 26 points in 2017, 2018. So he was a more prolific scorer in the playoffs, his field goal percentage went up to 45.2%. Um, that 2016-2017 uh, playoffs, 44.1, kind of close to his average uh, to the 2017-2018 playoffs. So um, those are good signs that he ups his game in the playoffs. And the Rockets, uh, you know, you still would think, Stephen, that they would make the playoffs if they're planning to keep James Harden. And that's the Rockets' official stance. It hasn't changed. I don't know if it matters at all to James that his buddy Russell Westbrook is out, but Russ wanted out. Uh, he didn't like the fact that he couldn't play his kind of game with the Rockets, which is ironic because he was the one that was so happy. Oh, I get to play with James Harden, and I'm excited, and I get to play with my best friend. And for some reason, he said he didn't like the Rockets' culture. And, uh, you know, I... <sighs> That's that's his the culture was set by his friend, James Arden. Well, the culture was set by his friend. And, and of course, you know, now they have a, a new coach, a new general manager. I mean, wouldn't you at least want to give that a shot before you decide if you don't like the culture? Um, as I've said before, I don't really understand a lot of that. 
But, uh, you know, well, I guess Westbrook is happy now. He's reunited with his former OKC coach, Scotty Brooks. And, you know, he's, he's getting his wish. So it just – I and I had a feeling that Russell Westbrook would go if, – if there was any trades going to be made, Russell Westbrook would probably go before James Harden. So uh, even that part didn't surprise me so much. It's interesting because the same day this all happens – LeBron James agrees to a two-year, $85 million contract, which basically means, Stephen, if I'm doing the math right, he's making less per year than James Harden, than Russell Westbrook. I think he might be ma- making even less than John Wall makes per, per season, too. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that is interesting that uh, King James is is doing that. But, you know, he, he probably wants to win a couple more championships. So uh, maybe that's maybe that's where it is for him right now. If you look at the Rockets now, I mean, it's you got John Wall uh, playing with James Harden. So you still have that same thing that you had with Chris Paul, the same thing that you had with Russell Westbrook. You got somebody that can handle the ball and do things when James Harden isn't in the basketball game. Uh, he might be a better fit when James is in the basketball game. That's a wait and see, but we at least know that he's going to shoot the ball a little bit better than James if he's healthy. And the key is if he's healthy, he's coming off the Achilles Injury and Stephen, I thought it was interesting that uh, the the Rockets have reunited the Kentucky Achilles brothers. I, I guess I should start calling them because <laughs> Boogie Cousins and his old teammate uh, John Wall both played together at Kentucky, and they're both coming off uh, Achilles injuries in the last few years. Yeah, that's exactly right, and it kind of goes back to what I said earlier: is that you know the Rockets are taking flyers on a couple of guys that you know are are trying to bounce back from some pretty major injuries. But you just, you know, you never know. And I still think that uh, if Wall can stay healthy and get back to some semblance of the form he had, and if Cousins can do the same thing, then absolutely the Rockets are still in the playoff hunt and can still do some damage. And as you just said, Robert, you can't go to sleep on Houston sports. They, They may not be done. I mean, who knows what they'll do with some of these picks they've accumulated. I asked Rockets fans, I said, hey, do you like the Westbrook for Wall trade? And the Twitter reaction, this is Insta reaction, 28 votes so far. So it's a small sample size. Uh, it's about the size of uh, someplace like Rhode Island or something like that in, yeah, <laughs> as far yeah. as the presidential election is concerned. But uh, so far, 85.7% say yes, they like the trade to 14.3% say no. You know what, I, Stephen, I asked another question earlier today, which I thought uh, was super interesting considering we've still got James Harden. At this, at this very moment. We still have Carlos Correa at the very moment that we're doing this. Uh, who yeah. knows? I mean, the things change so quickly in Houston. <laughs> and we still have George Springer, at least. He hasn't signed with anybody. I mean, we're assuming that he's probably going to sign elsewhere. But I asked the Houston sports fans out there, I said, if you could keep one player for the next five years, who would it be? So my question to you, Stephen, is would you keep James Harden, Carlos Correa, or George Springer and who, okay. Who, first of all, who of those three would you keep? And and who do you think the fans would want to keep? Well, it's, so if I only have one, I can only pick one of the three, right? Right. Okay. I got to go with, I, I got to go with Springer. I got to go with Springer. Um, you know, Harden. I mean, we've, we've talked about him ad nauseum. So I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Even Correa. I mean, yes, it, it, he had a great, season especially defensively for most of the year and the offense came alive 
but I've got to see a better sample size. And we just don't know. I mean, he was injury free this past year, but for the long haul, I got to keep Springer. Who do you think the fans said? Who I think the fans would want to keep. I I still think that they, I, I believe they would want to keep Springer or Correa. I, I just, I, I don't know. There may be a bigger sample size for Harden than I think perhaps, but I, I would guess Springer for the fans as well. Well, it's uh, 37 votes so far, and Correa has 43% of the vote. Harden has 32%, and Springer has 24%. Okay. Well, you know, and how much of that is the – because if, if you had to – if I had to be honest, I, I don't think the Astros will retain Springer. So there could be a lot of pessimism as the fans are pretty much think he's gone, so they're not going to try to, to – that they're not going to vote for him. But – that's yeah, that's an interesting question, though. And it's gotten some great sounds like it's gotten some great debate on Twitter anyway. Also, I noticed a reaction from Magic Johnson on this wall to, for Westbrook trade. He said, everyone now has to watch out for the Wizards. They traded for Westbrook today, a Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal uh, team up will terrorize the East and make the Wizards a playoff team. So, Stephen, my response to that is if magic Johnson loves the deal for the wizards, then the Rockets just made a great deal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, and it's uh, and it's the Eastern conference. So yeah, he probably will tear up the East. So he just, you know, look, if, if Russ could get back to the tear that he was on before the COVID shutdown, who knows what he could do in the Eastern conference, but come playoff time, that's when you're going to find out what kind of a player he is. The Rockets found out the thunder found out, so I guess now the Wizards get to find that out. What's also interesting is, I believe, remind me if I'm wrong, but I think the Westbrook deal ends by 2022. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Does that mean I'm trying to I'm doing the, trying to do the math? It's a 2023 first round pick that's protected. So will Westbrook would be on the would he be on that 2022 2023 team if they decide? that they're not interested in re-signing him at the end of that deal? And is that is that a bad sign for the Rockets or is that a good sign for the Rockets? I don't know. Well, see, I thought it was 21-22 <laughs> season that it would be the last year of his contract, but that would probably be something we'd have to look up. But yeah, it'd be an interesting overlap if that, that 2023 pick came into being and he's no longer with the team. Yeah, I, I'm going to look it up here on Spotrack in two seconds and uh, I'll let you know because I'm, I'm blanking on this at the moment. But yeah, 22. 20- 22 2023 looks like the last part of that trade but it's I, I believe it's a player option maybe on the on that 2022 2023 it I would, probably would be yeah I would think so I would think he would pick that up right certainly as of now yes so yeah so he's going to be around for that if they still have Bradley Beal I mean you got two really good players I'll be interested to see how well him and Bradley Beal work together if, if they get along because, you know, Bradley Bill, I think has really been a better player or excelled a little bit more offensively without John wall, the primary ball handler. So is, is he going to be okay with Russ being the, such a big ball handler and, and, and maybe, <laughs> you know, him not being as much now. Boy. I, yeah. Like I said, I, I just, I feel terrorized every time Russell Westbrook handles the ball. So that's going to be an interesting uh, combination to watch in the, and in the future when the Wizards start playing. 
You know, I just got a phone call from Bill O'Brien a few minutes ago, Stephen, and he just said he's real upset the Rockets didn't offer to pay half of Westbrook's salary in the trade. So. Yeah, I, I saw that. So, so how is Bill these days? Uh, is he is he sulking in the basement like Hugh Dak Jackson did when he got fired from Cleveland? Oh, Bill is, you know, he's loving it. He's like, uh, everything that I've done with the Texans, it's all working out. You know, Kenny Stills. <laughs> Uh, he's gone just like I wanted to be gone when we traded a second round pick for Kenny Stills. <laughs> I bet he didn't like it. I, he didn't want you to even think of criticizing the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Now, did he? Oh, no, no. He, he you know, he, he gave me he a He is little... a legend in his own mind after all. Yeah, it was, there was a little bit of you suck too when I <laughs> brought up DeAndre's name. <laughs> yeah, I liked your little thing on Twitter about that. That was pretty cool. Man, I tell you what. The Texans, we, we got to mention them for just a second because, boy, what a terrible week. I mean, just when things were looking like a little positive for the Texans, like you thought, man, these guys are fun to watch and maybe they can make a run late in the year. And literally on the same day, the same exact day, they lose two of their five best players for the season because of drug suspensions. Robert, I just don't understand what these players are doing. They they know what the process is. They have a list of what you can take and what you can't take. Why in the heck do they go outside the team to these doctors and don't even consult with the team before they ingest any of this stuff? And then they try to play it off as blaming the doctor or, well, I, I you know, I thought for sure that this was okay when I took it. They assured me it would be. Come on, guys. Do you think we're really that stupid? Honestly, do, do you not care about your teammates? And in Will Fuller's case, how much is this going to hurt his market value? You know, he's, he's in a contract here. He was having a great season, and now he ruins it by getting suspended for the rest of the year. So if you're a team, well, first of all, if you're the Texans, are you going to want to re-sign Will Fuller for the money that he probably thinks he's going to command? And if you're any other team out there, are you going to want to take a chance on a guy that just got himself suspended for something that he it obviously could have been prevented? Not only is he losing the rest of the season, no matter where he goes next year, Texans or no Texans, he's not going to be able to play the first game of next season. Right, because it's a six-game suspension. So, yeah, it does carry over in the first game of, of the next season. And in four of his five years as a pro, he has not played more than 11 games in a season. Yeah, I believe he had, uh, what was it, 14 games in his rookie season, I believe. And then, of course, this year. But, yeah, it's just, to me, it's just not a big enough sample size. And then this whole thing comes along. And Brandon Groby, I mean, here's a guy who, who got himself suspended for a game by the team for breaking rules a few weeks ago. And now he gets suspended for drugs. So I, I just, I, I don't know that the Texans are even going to bring him back next year. I don't know if they've got a choice. I mean, their cornerback situation stinks. They don't have anything higher than a third-round pick. It's hard to find corners as good as Bradley Roby in the third round or later and free agency. So, I mean, they, they've got him next year. They're, they can get out of it. It's not um, anything that's that, as far as that contract is concerned is anything terrible. But if you look at the Texans um, going forward, I mean, they're kind of stuck with Roby. The question is, do you want to invest in Will Fuller? I, I believe, Stephen, that you can actually do a franchise tag for him. Yeah, you can. They they do have that option. They could franchise him, and that is a possibility. And that, that sounds to me like what they could do. 
And that may not be such a bad thing yeah. to, to do that. But I definitely think that's a good thing. I mean, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. That, that is, if I were the Texans, that's what I would do as franchising because they do have that option. I mean, if you look at uh, the Texans going forward, I mean, wide receiver wise, I mean, they, they got a guy from my alma mater uh, today. I just noticed they signed Jamon Moore. Um, but I mean, the wide receiving core, uh, you know, who's third it's Brandon, uh, cook obviously is, you know, he's your, your number one guy at this point. Yeah. Number two is, uh, it's not Randall Cobb cause he's hurt. Don't forget that. Right. Kenny still's gone. You know, you want to take a guess who your number two wide receiver might be? Well, Kiki QT is either going to be two or three. There you go. I think it's Kiki yeah. QT. That's it. Yeah, it is a guy who's hardly played this year is, you know, he's, he's Played decently when he has been in there. So, yeah, he's going to be your number two guy. Brandon Cook's your number one guy. I mean, it's it's not going to put – it's not going to strike fear in the hearts of the league like DeAndre Hopkins would have, like Will Fuller was. But uh, this is what you've got. And then you've got Duke Johnson coming out of the backfield. David Johnson, if he gets healthy, he can catch some passes. But clearly the Texans passing game has definitely taken a hit. You You may see more of Isaiah Coulter. You know, they've gotten him in a little bit. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a hodgepodge for Deshaun Watson for this point for the rest of the season. Yeah, Fuller, not only does he lose whatever he might have made this offseason, and we'll see. We'll see how much it cost him. It might not cost him that much. People might just overlook it. But he lost $1.7 million this season when you factor in the five games he's going to lose. I think it's about $1.7 million. It might be more than that. But I, I want to say I heard it was in, in that neighborhood. Um, so Bradley Roby, his contract, his base this year is $3.1 million, which that doesn't sound right. I think it's got, he's has to be making a little bit more than that. I think there, there might've been some sort of signing bonus in his deal, but, um, yeah, Will Fuller, he's, he's losing a little bit of money this year for sure. And I, I don't know what happened if these guys are being honest about, you know, the doctor, cause it, it, that just sounds like one of those excuses that you hear over and over again, well, somebody told me wrong and it's my dog ate the homework type thing. Well, and that's what it, that's what it sounds like to me, Robert. And as I understand it, both Roby and Fuller were using the same doctor. And so that, you know, it, that's why I guess part of the reason they both got suspended at about the same time. But I, I, it just doesn't wash for me after a while. Like I said, these guys know better. They, they've got lists of what they can take and what they can't. And even if they're not sure, you go to the team, you check with the team. Don't go outside the loop to these guys that you probably don't even know. And this is what happens. It it hurts them and it hurts the team. So, yeah, I, I just shook my head when I saw that. Do you think Brian Cushing told him, hey, you can't use that overtraining excuse. I tried. It didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Cushing. I mean, there's a guy that got suspended not once, but twice. So if, if you want to have find an expert on how to get yourself suspended on a regular basis, Brian Cushing would <laughs> he'd be your guy for sure. Do you think Deshaun can get away with, you know, doing something with the guys that he's got left? I mean, Deshaun, he's been fantastic, but the one thing that you lose with Will Fuller that's the most important part of the equation is that speed, the the ability to stretch the field. He opens up a lot of things underneath for for Deshaun and the Texans. Yeah, that's really what hurts, Robert. I mean, QT has the speed, but he doesn't have the hands and the route running ability that somebody like Will Fuller has. Brandon Cooks is pretty fast, but you know, that I, I just uh, like I said, it's not going to strike fear into the hearts of defensive backs around the NFL. 
But, you know, Deshaun, the way he's been playing lately and doing the magic, you know, he's got at least some decent tight ends that he can throw to. And he's got Duke Johnson who can catch some passes. So there's going to be a drop-off. I think there's no question about it. But if Deshaun can keep doing it with his legs and uh, keep the precision going with his arm, then maybe the Texans, I, I certainly don't see them winning out at this point, but maybe they won't completely fall to pieces like they did in 2017 when Deshaun got hurt. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do without Fuller. Um, this is going to be the measure of, you know, Deshaun, okay, uh, you are now Tom Brady, and we're going to give you a bunch of junk at wide receiver for the most part, and we're going to see what you can do because uh, Brady could sometimes get away with it, but he had Gronk as sort of his sort of uh, blankie, you know, to help him out. Um, there's no, right. there's no real blankie at this point for, you know, Brandon cooks, I guess that's the closest thing that he's got as, as a blankie. Um, but Brandon cooks is not tremendous speed. He doesn't have the size to win uh, those uh, jump balls the way Deandre Hopkins did. I mean, he's been a thousand yard receiver consistently in his career and he's on pace this year. And uh, the, you know what? One thing we know, Brandon cooks is going to get a thousand yards now <laughs> this year. Cause he's, yeah. he, he's going to, he's going to be out there a lot. I mean, as long as he stays healthy, he's getting that a thousand yard season. Uh, oh, he's definitely going to be the main target. And you know, this, this also puts pressure on an already suffering running game. You know, it, it, at least when you had Will Fuller out there and uh, a healthy Brandon cooks and you had some options, you could disguise it better. But now that you don't have him, then, you know, who knows that the running game is even going to be even more exposed so that's just going to put even more pressure on Deshaun and the Texans offense. Uh, this quote from Kevin Durant on John Wall before we close out, this is a really interesting quote. He said, John Wall looked amazing to me. He looked great. I'm excited to see him play again. He's been out for two years now. I know he wants to go out there and play great basketball and lead that team. So I, I'm excited for him that he's back. And that's from Kevin Durant, who's dealing with his own injury and his own comeback. So uh, one way or another, um, there is going to be a James Harden that is likely this year going to be playing with somebody with Achilles injury coming back. And he's he got, he's got two guys actually in Houston with Boogie and John Wall. But, you know, Kevin Durant, wasn't that it? He had the Achilles too uh, up there in yeah, uh, Brooklyn. That's right? right. That's right. So if you're the Rockets, you know, you just you have to look at the best case scenario. You got rid of a guy that apparently didn't want to be here and a guy that just was inconsistent. Poor ball handling, you know, could score when he wanted to, but uh, you get a player that at least before the injuries took place had some consistency, was a good shooter. So if you're the Rockets, you just have to have the optimistic attitude that uh, John Wall is indeed in the kind of shape that Kevin Durant saw him in and will help the Rockets this year. And the same for Boogie Cousins. And let me just say, I, I don't know what you think, Stephen, but I was never a fan of Russell Westbrook. I didn't particularly find him real rootable as a person. And maybe that's not fair, but I, I just, I, the way he treated the media, the way he could be at times, um, I, I, he just didn't, he, he didn't come off the right way for me. And, you know, it, it might be unfair because you hear other things about him. Obviously we heard the Austin Rivers quote that said he was the favorite teammate that he ever had. Although uh, Rivers is now gone as well, you know, lost in all of this and all the moves that the Rockets made, Austin Rivers is gone along with Jeff Green and Robert Covington as well. So, I mean, he, he wasn't a guy that I liked at all watching play. I mean, he just 
I just got tired of somebody that would take shots that he shouldn't take and make bad decisions shooting the basketball for a guy that can't shoot the basketball. And, and, And I just got incredibly sick and tired of him doing that and yet not getting better at shooting the basketball. If, if you're going to do that every year and, and make that decision of I'm going to pull up for, for three or pull up for this shot or that shot. And, 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 you know, we did see him get, him get rained in a little bit by Harden and D'Antoni, but still it just, I, he, he, I just didn't like watching him play. He just, I was not a fan. Well, just so undisciplined and all the turnovers and, you know, Robert, when the trade was made, it was when I first started doing the podcast with you. It, it was probably our second or third episode together. You know, one of the main concerns we have is, it, you know, can Russell Westbrook and James Harden really gel together just because they're the same type of player and because of all the inconsistency that Westbrook brings to the t- to the floor? And we saw a lot of that this year. Yeah, he went on that tear, and then, of course, COVID-19 happened. But could he have maintained that? You know, let's say the season had kept going. Realistically, could he have maintained that through the rest of the season? Well, we'll never know. But when he came back, he, he certainly wasn't the same player. And just the, the turnovers is what killed me. Oh, my goodness. Especially in the postseason. Just way too many. He was somebody that wouldn't diminish his ego for the better of the team. And I saw that in Oklahoma City with Kevin Durant. And, you know, I saw it here with the Rockets at times, too. I mean, he he was better, like I said, but just to me, that's the story of his career. Yeah, it has been the story of his career. And that's why I say it'll it'll be interesting to see what he does with the Wizards, with another person pairing up with this time, Bradley Beal. So, you know, I just feel like at this point, if you've gone this long being that type of player, it's very unlikely the Leopard is going to change his spots. But you never know. All right. Last thing I've got before we close out, just want to remind you, if you missed it yesterday, we put up a podcast with Dustin Rensick, who's the co-host of the Scott Holman podcast. They do a fantastic job talking everything Houston Cougars. So we got into the Cougar football season and where he is with Dana Holgerson at this point as their head coach. And we also, of course, talked about Cougar basketball, huge win against Texas Tech on Sunday, massive win against the top 20 team. The Cougar basketball team is now in the top 10 again. Frankly, they are the team that I might be the most confident going forward could win a championship in the next year, Stephen. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Yeah, and I think uh, I want to say it was Brian T. Smith in the Chronicle that had it right when he says Houston is officially now a basketball town or a basketball school again. Uh, because of what the Cougars have done. And I, I, I haven't had a chance to hear your interview uh, with Dustin, but I did catch the game on Sunday against Texas Tech. And, you know, it took a while for the Cougars defense to to kind of bend a little bit. You almost thought Tech was going to come back earlier than they did. But w- what really saved them, I think, was their defense. I think the offense needs to get a little more consistency. I mean, it, it, the only reason that Tech didn't make that comeback is they didn't take advantage of the fact that the Cougars went at least 10 minutes without scoring a, a field goal. They did make their free throws, but hey, the Cougars are playing well, and Kelvin Sampson's definitely got them on the right track. And Tech's a tough team, so you kind of expected that sort of thing, but I'm expecting great things for them throughout the rest of this season and beyond. Yeah, go check it out if you're a Cougar fan. 
if you live in Houston, you know, it's, they're a fun team to follow now. I mean, they're really good and they've been really good now for the last few years. And I, I thought they had a chance to win the tournament last year, potentially uh, with the way they were playing. Unfortunately, it got shut down like everything else got shut down in 2020. But man, uh, Kelvin Sampson has just done a miraculous job turning around that program for the first time in 35 years, really. I mean, seriously, they are a real factor in college basketball now for the first time since Guy V. Lewis, since Akeem Olajuwon, since Clyde Drexler, since Faislam Ajama. The Cougs are for real every single year, and they're doing it without a bunch of McDonald's All-Americans, without a bunch of one-and-done guys, and that part is fun also. Uh, just a reminder also before we let you go, let us know what you think. You can message us through Twitter, Facebook, email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. That's info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.